Praise the Lord, church. Praise the Lord, church. Amen. Hallelujah. We're here to worship and magnify the name of Jesus. Stand to your feet. Worship with us wherever you're worshiping from. Hallelujah, Jesus.
just praise him this morning. We praise your name this morning. Oh God, you're worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. We praise your name this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's just pray together. Father God, we come to you in your presence one more time to worship you, to praise you, to give you all the glory and all the honor this morning. We ask you will to be done in this place this morning. We ask you to touch our hearts and our minds this morning. We ask you to be with us in everything that we do, Lord. We ask you, Lord God, that you move upon us like never before, Lord. For without you, Lord, we're nothing. We're here to praise you. Lord God, we're here to call upon your name. We're here to lift up your name this morning. And we ask you will to be done. Move upon us individually and collectively, Lord God, as we continue to praise you. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And church, let's just give him another round of applause. This morning is worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.
worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. Let's give the Lord a round of applause this morning. He is worthy to be praised this morning. We give you all the glory and all the honor this morning. Oh, hallelujah. You are worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Amen, 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 amen. Praise God. And could we praise the Lord, everybody? Come on, let's praise the Lord, everybody. Hallelujah. We give you all the glory, Lord, this morning. Amen, amen. Praise God. The Lord bless you. You may be seated for a few minutes. Amen. Praise God. Amen. We want to take this time to welcome everyone in the house of God this morning. So glad to have everyone in the house of God. So good to see everyone this morning. Our online congregation, we welcome you this morning. Now we pray and do hope that you're feeling blessed wherever you are this morning because truly our God is worthy to be praised. Amen. We're serving an awesome God who deserves all the glory and all the honor. We're here to praise him and to magnify the name of our Lord this morning. Amen. Amen. So this week I, I had the privilege of, uh went to my doctor to do my uh, routine uh, checkup or visit, so to speak. And um, so while I was there talking with the doctor, the doctor talking to me, and uh, we're going over some of the preliminaries and other stuff that's going on, you know, and she turned to me and said, you know, this is a routine checkup. You know, so I said, routine checkup. Uh, so, you know, the thought came to me, you know, we have our, our V crew, we'll take it to the mechanic shop and we'll get our routine checkup. Make sure things are, you know, aligned, in alignment, everything, you know, it, it needs to be the way it needs to be. So, um, so she gave me a, a, a shot in my arm for, um, uh, what you call it, for pneumonia, thank you, for pneumonia. So I said, ah. You know, you know, she just as a preventative measure. You know, she used the term uh, as a preventative measure. Um, ne- never had a history of that in the past, thank God. But you know, every now and then you need a little preventative check and a little preventative uh, measure, so to speak. So um, going through the course of the day, uh, I think we did uh, did it on Friday. Going through the course of the day, Friday, uh, Saturday, you know, arm started hurt real bad. Uh, so I said, woo. Something's probably kicking in, Pastor. So, <laughs> so <laughs> I went home last night. I, I couldn't even make it to uh, our corporate prayer yesterday because I was in, in some intense pain, and then my wife wasn't feeling well. So I said, uh, you know, we'll uh, miss prayer. Uh, uh, you know, I'll never miss prayer for nothing else, to be honest. Uh, you know, uh, so we, we went home, and I had uh, the TV. Um, uh, streaming in uh, the prayer and um, the phone, and I went underneath the sheet, and oh my God, I was sweating, Pastor. I was sweating. I told my wife, you know, um, I was so cold. <laughs> I said, I don't know what's going on with my body, but it's like, you know, it's like, no, no, Lord, this can't be happening. And I'm praying underneath the sheet with, a, with my head covered underneath the blanket. Uh, and then uh, my wife came a few minutes later on, and then she joined me, and she take the, 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 the blanket off my head. I'm saying, no, you can't do that. You know, I'm, I'm cold. I'm cold. <laughs> you know, I'm cold. So, you know, but, you know, I thank God for being such a good God. We're serving a merciful God. And, you know, as Pastor was preaching this morning, you know, sometimes we, we don't learn to appreciate things in life. You know, but, you know, the more we can appreciate one another and the small things in life, man, it's just a wonder and a blessing. Amen. Brother Tom, come on up with your few announcements. Good morning, church. 
What a I, online congregation. I hope that the sound quality for you guys is great, but the harmony that was in here this morning, both the morning service and this service, my goodness, my goodness. So at the 9 o'clock service, I said thank you to all the prayer warriors that are out there. I'm going to say it this way. I can't think of a better preventive measure than to get on at 5 a.m. and 9 p.m. and to say, have some prayers with us. The Lord put something on my heart for over the past couple of weeks, and I voiced it earlier, and I'm going to say it again this way. The Lord's put a building in front of us. We've been talking about a building forever, but the reality didn't begin to gel. It didn't come into sort of a picture until the Lord laid the burden on us for what we're supposed to go out to do. There are people that are walking the streets in this area who really, truly have a hopelessness in them. There are people that I get a chance to interact with in downtown Trenton that are lost. You can see it in their eyes. And we have an answer for them. We have a preventive measure for them. And the bottom line is, is that the Lord is going to give us what we need. The Lord is going to provide what we need, a permanent address to be the launching pad that's necessary when we invest ourselves. I, I was thinking about this while Pastor was, uh, was speaking earlier. The REACH logo is behind me someplace. When you look at the hand of God that's laying there, the blueness, the dark blueness that's in the hand is us going out, delivering out there what we are to deliver. We've been chosen to do that. The Lord has asked us to be involved in this, what seems to be just an immense thing. Get involved in the prayer. Thank you to those that have been signing on. Th thank you to those that show up here on Saturday at 6.30. Thank you to those that come on Saturday for prayer breakfast. But the fact is, is that you can do this from your home. You can do this all day long. You can do this because this is what God has for us to go do. Okay. There's a youth... <laughs> There's a youth party that's going to take place on the 10th, Friday the 10th at 7 p.m. Uh, all the youth department's involved, and the only ticket for admission is your ugly sweater. So, so come on and, and enjoy the, uh, the fun that the kids are going to have um, right here in the sanctuary um, on uh, the 10th. The Christmas banquet is no longer a save the date. The Christmas banquet is for real. It's on the 24th. It's at 6 p.m. on Friday, and uh, one of the things that's necessary is those of you who've committed, those of you who are coming, um, come to Sister Sylvia and pay. Come to Sister Sylvia and, and, and um, make that little tiny commitment that you've, uh, you've uh, committed to, because the fact is, is that the church has to write a check in order for us to be able to have the event. So just think that through. Um, please um, go come see her. Um, um, I'm going to do so today because uh, we want to make sure that this Christmas banquet gets off the ground. Adults, $60. Teens, uh, 13 to 17, 35. And kids, 6 to 12, are 10. And that little one, he can eat for free. <laughs> the pastor and the leadership team had a rethink on something that I said here on uh, two weeks ago. Uh, we had a rethink on what we're doing on watch night service. And this is what we've decided to do. We're taking a step forward in 2022. We're going to go forward with something that has been a blessing here to this congregation in 2022. 
Um, we haven't had a breakfast after our watch night service in a little while, and so we're going to do that. We will gather for our regular watch night service at uh, 9.30, Pastor? 9.30. We will usher the new year in in prayer like we've done before. However, we're going to take it one step further, and we're going to have fellowship to follow that prayer time. And so we will not have our prayer breakfast on that Saturday morning because we're going to be right here at uh, 12 a.m., and we're going to have breakfast. Those of you who are willing to stay and take, pa take part in that, we're going we're gonna to have a good time. Have a great day. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen, amen. So um, the other day, I think it was a little bit over a month ago, uh, we, uh, we took a few days off. So we went to um, Seattle, Washington. So while, um, you know, we're on the flight, it was a long flight. So this gentleman came, actually came on the plane. And then my wife, you know, she loved, whenever we fly in the plane, she always loved the window seat. So if I get the window seat, she, brother D, she has to have the window seat. I'm saying, well, that's my seat. That's the seat that I'm assigned to. <laughs> so I don't fight with her. I just let you get a window seat. And I sit in the middle. So this guy came into the plane and he said, um, that's my seat you're sitting in. Turned to my wife and said, you're sitting in my seat. <laughs> so, so the guy in front of us said, no, she has the window seat. That's her seat. So uh, we just there smile. I was like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do? So, so while we're there, you know, we, we, the guy sat down, and of course I took up my iPad, and I think I was either reading something, I was doing something that was uh, concerning the church, and he kind of glanced at what I was saying, or doing, and then he said, um, um, so I see you were doing some church. I said, so I said yes, I was. And um, so I started to share with him um, our, our vision, our reach program that we're doing. I think I was working on um, the, the my prior um, for our monthly uh, prior um, reach program. So um, I started to share with them what's going on and what we're planning to do. So I said, you know, we have a small church in Hamilton Square, New Jersey. Church congregation size of about approximately 100 people in our congregation. We have a building that we're trying to, um, to, to purchase. Uh, in fact, we signed a contract for the building, and we're trying to raise $1.7 million, which is 0.5. So I said, man, say for a small congregation like that, 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 that that's a lot of money. I said, yes, it's a lot of money, but we're trusting God that he's going to open up the doors for us, and that's all we can do. So what, what, what really hurts me and my wife could have popped me across my head because we had a very good conversation that pastor was saying where I was going. He knew the area because he's from the area. He said he came to um, Carolinas because his son just graduated from college, get a very good job in North Carolina. So he went there between himself and his wife. The wife decided to stay a little longer, so he wanted to come back home. So... Um, and I, I forget to exchange uh, numbers with him because we had a, we developed a, a rapport, a very good relationship that he said, you know, we'll even split, you know, with, um, you know, Uber taxi to get you to where you're going in the hotel that you're staying downtown. And I'll just take a car, which I'm not too far from there to get home. But, you know, which we said, no problem. I think I paid like three quarters of the price. So he said, yeah, that's good. <laughs> so I think it was like $40 from, from the airport to go downtown. I gave him. For the box, so you know, he probably didn't came up with nothing. Probably give the driver a tip or whatever the case may be. So, um, so you know, I'm just saying this to say that whenever we have the chance to be uh, able to reach someone, reach, 
in any shape, form, or ways. We're in a project. The only way we can accomplish our goal, you know, we've got to have to pray to God to open up the doors for us. Because our natural mind, our finite mind, God said, there's no way a small church like that can reach 1.7 million to 2.5 million. But I'm standing here and I know I have a God that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above that which we ask or think. And we're asking God to open up the doors for us. We have not far from now a very, I'll say a few more months to go, before we can say that, you know, we actually have that building in our hand. But we need everyone help. We need your finances. We need your blessing. This is, what's it, Tom? 16, 17 times of what we're sitting in. 17 times. Our little finite mind. I, 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 I keep thinking because, you know, there, there, there are times I, I have fun. So I, I'm going to share. I, I didn't want to share this, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to share, share with you. Um, last week after Thanksgiving, we have a testimony service. And um, so I was going to share part of, you know, I referred to Pastor as uh, part one, what I shared, the little things that, that God has done for me. I don't want to go into too much of the bigger picture, the big things that God has done for us. But I've seen God, I'll just use, that, use it that way. I've seen God open up doors for me, Brother D. You know, because of the way I, you know, present myself to him. And the way in which I approach him for the things that I need. You notice I didn't say the things that I want. Because the Bible tells us it will supply your needs. And so I, I approach him and ask him to, you know, open up the doors and provide for us. And man, I'm not going to stand up here and lie to you. It, it blew me out of the water sometimes to just say, God, you're just so amazing. You know, I, I, and, uh, you know, with our reach program, you know, I put, we, 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 as a family, we put a decent size down because this is our building. You can only put where your heart is, so I put your mouth where your heart is. So if you think that you can put a little bit more than what you already committed, do so without not even worry about it. Because why? We're serving a big God that is able to provide for us. Amen. So we're encouraging you that if you have not yet partnered with us, if you had not yet made a pledge to be a part of the miracle that God asked for us, we're encouraging you, our online congregation, and for those that are in the congregation this morning, that if you have not yet made a pledge, be a part of the miracle that God has for us. We're encouraging you, you still have time. You know, we don't have a lot of time, but you still have time. So don't forget, whatever it is um, that you can donate to a REACH program, if you need an envelope, just feel free to raise your hand, Brother Tom or Brother Henry will give you one of the packages that we have uh, for our um, REACH program, so our stewardship campaign that we're in. So don't forget, don't take away from what you're planning to give to your REACH program. Your tithing is it's a, it's a necessity. You have to give that. You can't withhold anything from that. And um, you have to give God your, your, your offering and your tithing. And then whatever you have to contribute to your REACH program, be a blessing. God will bless you in return. Amen.
We're going to invite you to stand with us if you can. We're just going to go right into our offering. Amen. As we continue to worship the Lord. Remember, if you're giving online, you can give to www.myccc.faith. You can go to PayPal uh, at sign Christ Center Church. And if you want to give to Cash App, it's the dollar sign CCC2711. Feel free if you're here in the house of God this morning, you want to pay electronically, you can come and see Sister Patrice. Uh, we have three ushers, one in the middle and two in the front. Feel free to give your tithes and offering unto the Lord. Amen. Bow your heads one more time. Father God, we love you. We thank you for what we have already felt in the service this morning. And as we're about to receive this morning's offering, we ask you to bless every giver, those who have to give and those who have not likewise. Oh God, we ask you to help us to reach our goal, oh God. We ask you to touch our hearts and our minds this morning. We give you all the glory and all the honor because you are worthy to be praised. Let your will be done as we say thanks for your many blessings. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. Amen.
Hallelujah. Come on, clap your hands unto the Lord one more time. Amen. So good to be in the house of the Lord. So good to see all of you. Amen. I didn't see my grandson, but I heard him. They done gave my grandson a man bun. I guess that's a baby bun. I don't know. Man, I just got to let these young people be who they are, Rosalie. I'm not messing with them. But believe it or not, my oldest son had a man bun way before they was calling it man bun. When he was little, like his um, son, we had a little thing going up in the middle of his head, too. So I don't know. Uh, What goes around comes around, I guess. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. It's good to see all of you. Brother Tom and Brother Scarlett had some really um, outstanding things to say this morning, and I just want to follow up with that. Uh, Brother Tom talked about why we are doing what we're doing, um, that we are trying to raise funds under the umbrella of REACH to purchase a building that's 17,000 square foot. And um, I always just want to reiterate that we're not trying to get a building to have a big building. God is not trying to give us a building to have a big building. He needs all of us to get into position to begin to do what he has called us to the kingdom to do. Yes. And so whatever God is going to do, he needs us to step up and be available and be ready to do what he needs us to do. Um, Brother Tom talked about um, in 9 a.m. service that we are partnering with a, a group by the name of Footprints, and we are trying to help them. It's an addiction program um, uh, that they're helping folks to try to recover and overcome. Uh, we know the mission of Jesus Christ is to seek and to save the lost. Amen. And this building is just the storehouse. It, that's all it is. Um, if we have, you know, Brother Weber always say, um, if if you give the Lord a big enough container, he will fill it. That's biblical, right? And so whatever you give to the Lord and, and it's empty, he will fill it. And so he's already filled this place. And so now we want to give him a bigger container. Now, as much as we know God is going to help us, um, I believe God is uh, specifically doing it this way to make us step up to the plate to become sacrificial in who we are as a people. Because in order to really reach people like God wants us to reach them, we're going to have to sacrifice ourselves. And before you can be good at sacrificing yourself, you got to be able to, well, when you first sacrifice yourself, then your money won't mean as much to you. Quiet, I got one, mm mm-hmm. It's okay, it's okay. When you learn how to sacrifice yourself to God, then your money doesn't become that important to you because now you realize who is in charge of your life. And if he gave you what you have today, he can double it. Ask Job what happened to him. Ask Job how he lost everything. Get to heaven and ask Job how he ended up losing everything. And then when the Lord begins to bless him over again, he got more than what he had to begin with. So God will always outdo you. Whatever you entrust God with, he will always give you more. So if you will partner with us and realize that we are going into this building for God to continue to reach more people. And here's the other thing I will tell you. God is going to raise up preachers from out of our church so we can have other locations of Christ-centered church 
whether they, whatever that pastor wants to name it, Isaiah, if the Lord tarry, will be one of our pastors one day, if the Lord tarry, and so God will send him someplace to pastor a church somewhere, and he can call it Christ-centered if he want, or he can call it whatever the Lord put on his heart, but the bottom line is, God is using us to help to harvest his people, and we have to be responsive and ready to do that, and so he needs us to sacrifice. He's going to help us but he wants to make sure we do our very best and then he will make up the difference. We have to do our very best and God will make up the difference. We can't look to God to do what he needs to do and we don't do what we're supposed to do. That's just how it works across the board, that when we do our part, God will do his part. If you're not doing your part, you can't expect God to do his part. And so we need to be ready to sacrifice. I thought about something as Brother Scarlett was talking. So here is where we are. We are in the process of obtaining a use variance for our property that we are signed and locked in to purchase. But we need a use variance to make it um, usable for a church. And that process is going right along. That process should be done sometime in March, April, somewhere around there. And then when that process is completed, then we have to sit down at the table and make the transaction. And so we want to be ready at that time. But here is what I'm also going to do. Um, I'm going to schedule a day. Once we receive the use variance, I'm going to schedule a day that all of us, as many of us as possible, can have an opportunity to walk through the building. I want you to walk through it. I walked through it just this Thursday again. I, I get to go through it for quite a bit. And this Thursday, we had the architect there, and he's drawing out what he needs to present to the township. And I'm walking through the building again. I'm just shaking my head. I, I, I'm just shaking my head. And when I get done, I get out of the, the, the building, I look. I said, this is incredible. How? Man, God. And that's all I can do is look around and look at it and say, this is incredible. And I just say, God, you have great things in store for us. Yesterday, I had a meeting with our district um, um, pastors and ministers and their wives. And... Um, <laughs> I said something to them that I normally say to you, and they were all like, hmm. I said to them, I said, who is going to pray? Like, all of a sudden, their eyes opened wide like, I didn't think about that. I said, yeah, who's going to pastor your grandchildren? Because you're not going to be around always to do it. If you can't pastor anymore today, who takes over your church? And I'm going through it, and they're like all like, oh. And that's the point of what we're doing here. We want to set up shop and establish the work of God that God will continue to use his people, our young people, our children, those that are of um, age, that God will use them to continue what we have started. And we cannot be selfish in thinking that it starts and ends with us. God's kingdom does not start and end with us. We're just a part of it. And so what we're responsible to do is do our part and leave something uh, or, or leave it better than how we found it so others can do what they need to do. So the question is, will always be out there. Who will pastor your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren? Who will pastor your nieces and nephews? Because I know I won't be around forever. And if you, if you want to hear something really, really interesting, this, this is just facts. Um, there's a reason why retirement age is 68. One of the things that's considered uh, why they consider that age and what we probably don't know, because research get done to do the make these decisions that we never think about. We just go with the flow or we just don't like them or whatever. But research is done. When you get to 68 years old, even 65, your influence 
go down to a little bit. Did you understand that? So the older you get, the least your influence becomes. The, 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 there's less people that you're going to influence the older you become. So the reason why they give retirement age is because if you were working, what are you influencing? A whole lot. Not a whole lot. So what, what, what they're saying in the world, because they did their research, is we need someone else to lead the charge because your influence is not as strong anymore. And if we leave you in a position of influence to lead a great band, you won't be effective. Now you want to go Bible? Why did God replace Moses? It's biblical. When your influence decrease, it means someone else need to come on the scene. Ask John the Baptist. John the Baptist says, I must decrease so he can increase. John the Baptist's time was over so Christ's time can now come into play. So it's always that way. So if we don't live our life like that, we're going to miss out and we're going to, what I tell you, die miserable because we never left things in place for the others that are behind us to enjoy and to participate in and to move forward. We have to do that. So whatever your age is, do your thing, but realize that you have to do it in a way that you can pass it on so somebody else can pick up from where you left off and keep it going. That's life. That's why we have children. We had a great service this morning. Spirit of God moved. Thank God for that. Glad to see we got a cowboy fan in the house this morning. I'm I'm not going to call them by their nickname because they won their last game, didn't they? Yeah, so I'm going to call them cowboys. They cowboys. Not going to say anything derogatory. Amen. I saw the cowboy fan and the eagle fan walked in without fighting. That don't happen in real life. (laughs) Amen. And I feel bad for um, Paul Brantley because this Pittsburgh Steelers, Big Ben is just done. Big Ben is done. As a matter of fact, they say Big Ben is playing like this is his last year. He's going to retire. Big Ben is just done. He's, he's old. Big Ben. Amen. I don't know what the games are today, but I'm glad the Cowboy fan is in the house today. Amen. Appreciate the Cowboy fan being in the house of the Lord this morning. <laughs> Let's stand. We're going to get into the Word of God. Uh, it's good to see everybody. Man, we had a packed house this morning. We got a almost packed house here this, this this second service. My Lord, we ready to move on. We just got one piece of business we got to handle, and I'm going to preach it to you. <laughs> bring that bring that trophy up, Brother Scarlett. Amen. We got our trophy here this morning. This is your trophy. What is this trophy for? This trophy is because this church has or is the number one giver to Christmas for Christ offering in our district. You all have been so faithful in just following the vision and just doing as, and you all have just been tremendous. 
and we have been a blessing. And that's why that's one of the reasons why we can stand here and say we're going to try to purchase a building of one point seven million when we don't have the money because we've never made this about us. We have we've tried to do our best to be true Christians of God where we do the will of God and not the will of man. And so when we're doing the will of God, we believe God will always supply our need because we're doing the will of God. And so last year, we gave over $4,000 to Christmas to Christ, number one given church, and we were recognized yesterday at our banquet because we have got a great North American missions director now. And so we thank God for that. And as I mentioned earlier this morning, we have been the number one given church to Christmas for Christ probably for the past three years. But the, the NAM director before that kind of never really said a whole lot about it, so they fired him. <laughs> but this good North American mission director, you know, acknowledged and honored your church. <laughs> because, because <laughs> so thank you for giving. Thank you, Brother Scarlett. Uh, on the 19th, here we go again. Listen, I know that... We are we are just involved in so much giving. We got our banquet coming that you want to attend and that we encourage you to attend. That's money. We know we're doing a reach program. That's money. We know you give your tithes and offer. That's money. And I still said we're going to still try to keep up with what we did last year by giving to Christmas for Christ and still try to give a little bit more, maybe five thousand dollars. Why am I telling you all of this? Because I just believe that if we will give unto the Lord. The Lord will give back to us and all we have to do. This is this is the truth here. We all spend our money on something. The Bible says where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. <laughs> we mess with Brother Scott because, you know, he says it like 50 different ways. But but we, we know that's what the Bible says. Right. And so we want to make sure that our heart will be with the things of God which means that's where our treasure really will be. And we all spend our money on different things. I can, I can spend some time with any one of you, and I'll know right away what you put money in. So, so don't go by what people look like to, to say um, whether you know, they do this or do that. You just know that everyone spend their money on something that they like. And as children of God, it should be evident and obvious that our money go toward the things of God. That should be obvious. So let's, um, December 19th, we'll do what we normally do. We'll call you up. You'll pick an envelope off the tree. And, of course, we have different figures. You know, you give whatever, you know, the Lord lay on your heart, whatever you can give. And we've got, I think we might have offering from $1 all the way to $10,000 on the tree. So you can pick out whatever you want. And then we'll collect that um, probably by the first Sunday in January. And we'll um, hopefully give a good offering again to Christmas for Christ. And what is Christmas for Christ? As we know, we'll start playing videos. Maybe next week we can start the videos. But we know Christmas for Christ is an offering that we give to um, new churches that are starting up to help them to get going. And sometimes we're given because they need chairs. Sometimes we're given because they need um, a place and different things. They need instruments. They need um, audiovisual stuff. So it's important that we give to that. And if we will look out for others, God will look out for us. Amen. Thank you. All right. Exodus chapter four. Let's see what we can do in uh, getting in the word of God here. I believe God have a word for us. And this 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 message here, it really it's deep in my soul, man. 
it is deep in my soul because I believe um, God wants us to understand this. Exodus chapter 4, verse number 1, and we'll read 1 through 7, and then I'll pick up from um, 17 through 20. So 1 through 7, and then 17 through 20 of Exodus chapter 4. Amen. The word of God says in verse number 1, And Moses answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice, for they will say, the Lord had not appeared unto thee. Moses is telling God, God told Moses to go to the children of Israel, and he is going to be the one to lead them out of Israel, out of Egypt from their bondage. And so God told him that he would be the one to do that. And now God is telling him to go to the people and let them know. And Moses start making excuses. But God, if I go to them and tell them that you said blah, 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 they're not going to believe me. Who am I? That's normal. Sounds like some of us, right? And the Lord said unto him, what is in thine hand? And he said, a rod. And he said, cast it on the ground. And he cast it on the ground and it became a serpent. And Moses fled from before it. So Moses is saying, they won't listen to me, Lord. How am I going to get them to listen to me? That's what he's saying. How am I going to get them to listen to me that you have come to deliver them and you're going to use me? How, how am I going to convince them, Lord? And the Lord said, here we go. Sometimes you can just picture the Lord with us. Here we go. So the Lord said, what's in your hand, Moses? Oh, this is my staff that I use because, you know, I help my father-in-law with the sheep and all that stuff. So, yeah, this is my rod here. The Lord said, all right, throw that on the floor. Throw it on the ground. And he threw it on the ground, and all of a sudden, it started wiggling, becoming a snake. Look at him. And Moses backed up like, "Woo, Lord, what you doing? And so he backed off, and he fled from before it. Now, sometimes we just read surface stuff, and we don't get too far into it when we don't understand things. But I want you to see a little bit below the surface of this text as to why God decided to tell Moses to throw his staff, his rod, on the ground, and the rod became a serpent. Why didn't the rod become a lion? Why didn't the rod become a, a, a tiger? Why didn't the rod become, you know, a, 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 some strong figure? Why, why, why did the rod become a serpent? God doesn't do anything. Church, you know, in this movement or outside of this movement, people want to know why we're so focused on the name of Jesus. Well, because God does everything for a specific purpose and nothing is irrelevant and nothing is a sidebar. And nothing is just happenstance with the Lord. Everything he does is meaningful detail behind it. And so we understand, because God revealed to us, his identity is in his name. Your identity is in your name. So when we say Paul, whatever we know of Paul, we start thinking about those characteristics. We start thinking about those behaviors. We start thinking about the lifestyle because the name is identified with who the person is. 
So we understood a long time ago that the name of Jesus is his identity. It's who he is. And so we know when we invoke the name, we invoke his authority. We invoke his power. We invoke who he is. That's why we use the name all the time. Because it accomplished, accompanies his authority, his power, and everything about him. So when he does anything, he does it specific. So the reason why Moses' staff became a serpent was for reasons that's beyond what we probably even thought about. And so when Moses threw it down and it became a serpent, that represent the emblem, the signifying emblem of the power of Egypt. The satanic power of Egypt, the emblem is a serpent. The Pharaoh, when they come into power, they wear on their head as their crown the emblem of a serpent. The serpent represented the deadly power of Egypt. That sought to kill the Israelites and Moses in particular. Did you realize that the devil is trying to kill you? When you go back to that day, didn't you realize that, that the, 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 the devil was trying to destroy the Israelites and especially the one that was called to be used by God to lead them to freedom, to salvation, to liberty? The Bible says the, the devil is seeking whom he may devour. He is as a roaring lion seeking whom. So the serpent doesn't change its nature. Its nature is to uh, and kill you. Uh, and kill you. That's what the serpent nature is. And so the power behind Egypt at that time was to uh, and kill whomever he wanted to kill. So when Moses told him to throw down the staff, a lot of reasons behind it. The pharaohs wore a metal cobra around their head. It was a common symbol of the nation of Egypt. However, the serpent also stood for the great enemy of man behind the power. Satan, who had been the foe of the seed of the woman since the fall. Moses' ability to turn the serpent with Moses didn't do it, but you know. Moses' ability to turn the serpent into his rod, into his rod by seizing it by the tail would have encouraged the Israelites. So God showed them so much sign from that serpent being thrown down. He showed it to Moses first. When Moses grabbed the serpent by the tail and it became the rod again, God was showing them that power that Egypt think is powerful and Egypt worship and, 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 and bow down to. You have authority over it. As long as you stay under my authority, you can grab that thing by the tail and have control over it. And God is always trying to let us see deeper than what we're seeing. That the devil, who is the serpent, that we have power over him as long as we stay under God's authority and God's power. We get concerned about things that are happening in our world and worry about what can happen to us. When we're not submitted to God. For all the people that gets worried and get all worked up. People, 
just submit under the authority of God. Because when you're under the authority of God, tell me what should you worry about? If God is sovereign, God is all-powerful, God is all-knowing, God is all-present, and we submit under his authority, he cannot be defeated, he cannot be stopped, and we submit under his authority, he cannot be destroyed, and we submit under, what are we worrying about? So it tells me when we're worried, we're not submitted under the authority of God. Because when we're submitted under the authority of God, we should say, Come what may, to me to live is Christ. Come what may. And when you start talking like that, the devil get nervous of you. Because now he realized I can't do anything with you. Because if you are willing to live your life like you don't care whether you live in the flesh or you die and be with Christ, if you start to live your life that kind of reckless, man, the devil get real afraid of you. It's the reason why they have these suicide bombers out here. Because terrorism is to terrorize you. And so they came up with this way to terrorize us to say, I'm willing to live my life so reckless and dangerous that I'm going to make you afraid of me. That's what the terrorists are thinking. What are you thinking as a child of God? Because, oh, sorry for those terrorists. They're dying and they ain't going to heaven. Whatever they believe is not happening. But they're still putting their life on the line. What are you doing with yours? When you know the true and living God. I'll jump down to verse four. And the Lord said unto Moses, put forth thine hand and take it by the tail. And he put forth his hand and caught it and it became a rod in his hand. That they may believe that the Lord God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob had appeared unto thee. And the Lord said furthermore unto him, put forth now thine hand into thine bosom. And he put his hand into his bosom. And when he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous as snow. And he said, put thine hand into thy bosom again. And he put his hand into his bosom again and pluck it out of his bosom. And behold, it was turned again as his other flesh. Verse 17. And thou shalt take this rod in thine hand, wherewith thou shalt do signs. And Moses went and returned to Jethro, his father-in-law, and said unto him, Let me go, I pray thee, and return unto my brethren, which are in Egypt, and see whether they be yet alive. And Jethro said to Moses, Go in peace. You missed it, so I'm going to give you something. Moses had an experience with God, says Sylvia, and God told him, you're going to go to Egypt and you're going to let my people go, let them go free, lead them out of slavery. Why would he consult with anybody else? God already told him what to do. Why would he consult with it? God spoke to me. But God is teaching us a principle that even when he talks to us, if we have, what, what was the best way? If we have an authority in our life or we have a person that we're accountable to, we need to go to them. And you don't have to worry about if they say no. Because God will take care of them. Just like Pharaoh said no. And God took care of him. So when God tells you to do something, if you're under authority or you have someone that you're accountable to, 
You don't have to worry about going to tell them thinking that they're going to tell you. Oh, no, God didn't say that. You got all you got to walk away and says, I feel bad for you because God really did tell me. And I'm going to stay right here with you because you said that I need to not go. I'm going to stay right here with you. But I feel bad for you because I know in my heart that God told me. We just got to trust God. But we got to do the right thing when we trust God. And the Lord said unto Moses and Midian, go return into Egypt for all the men are dead which sought thy life. And Moses took his wife and his sons and set them up on a donkey. (laughs) And he returned to the land of Egypt. And Moses took the rod of God in his hand. Lord, we thank you for your word. Bless your people today that we will leave this space changed. We want your spirit to move in this place one more time. And we surrender to you and cry out to you to say, God, have your way because we're desperate even more than we can understand or imagine. We're desperate for a move of your spirit in our life. Help us today, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Most people struggle to understand the value of little things. We want to do great things, but we don't quite seem to make the connection between little things and big things. And so today I want to talk to you on this topic. Little things. Little things. Big things are made up of lots of little things. If we are to achieve great things, one of the first hurdles that must be conquered is to temper our desire for greatness by embracing little things. Most of us are willing to be called upon to do great things, but not until we start being faithful with the little things will God call upon us to do great things. I am convinced that many of us who say we're Christians no longer are believers in the things of God. Many of us who say that we're Christians, we show up to church service. We even participate in prayer. We read our Bible sometimes, but we don't believe anymore. Because we have overlooked little things, and we're in search of the big things. And the way how God does things is you will never reach the place of doing big things until you first start doing little things. And because we refuse to do little things, God has withheld big things or great things from us. And now we're frustrated because we're not seeing results like we thought we would when we set out to live for God. We set out to live for God with a lot of hopes. 
We started attending church services with a lot of hopes. We felt the presence of God. We felt the touch of God. The word encouraged us and we began to get involved, but we still haven't experienced any great things. And I'm here to tell you today, God has sent me to tell you, yes, you will experience great things. Talk to those that have experienced great things already and they will tell you it started with little things. And when they started doing little things, I made them able to do great things. But they started out with little things. Most of us are willing to be called upon to do great things. But not until we start being faithful with little things will God call upon us to do great things. God shows us in his word that we must start with little things. In Matthew chapter 25, verse 22, God said, He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents besides them. His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. When you are faithful over little things, or if you want to call it few things, or if you want to say small things, when you're faithful to those things, then guess what? God will allow you to do great things. Mm -hmm. We must be faithful in the little things before we can experience the great things. Don't overlook small things. So when God first appeared unto Moses, he appeared unto Moses in the burning bush. Remember that? Moses came and saw the tree burning. He saw fire on the tree. The leaves were under fire. The branches under fire. But nothing was being consumed. And Moses like, hold on. Let me, let me, let me check this out because, and he's looking. And then all of a sudden the Lord said, Moses, take off your shoes for the ground you're standing on is holy ground. That was the Lord way of saying you are now in my presence. And so he drew nigh unto it and the bush was burning, but it was never consumed. God was giving Moses a personal up-close experience with him. And so I'm here to tell you today, the little things that we need to worry about and start with first is ask ourselves, what can we identify in our life as a personal up-close interaction with Jesus? What is our personal up-close interaction with Jesus? Because until we get our personal up-close interaction with Jesus, we will not be convinced to go and do the big things. We will frustrate ourselves about the big things because guess what? We haven't even experienced the little thing. And before you can have the, 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 the courage or have the, uh, just the fortitude or the, the, the thought to say, I can do something big, you first have to experience something little. And so part of what's wrong is we're going around ex wanting to experience big things, 
but we don't have any anything to substantiate that we can. So so we operate in doubt, even though you hear the word of God. Yeah, whatever you're pursuing, you're pursuing it in doubt. Yeah, yeah. And as soon as something go wrong, see, you just walk away, turn your back because you were pursuing it in doubt. You never pursued it in faith because what up close thing that you had going with God. Our salvation. You hear me come up here so often and say that we must be born again of the water and of the spirit. Real experience with God up close. I am not talking about just going through the motion of the action. I'm talking about making sure it's an experience where you can look at your life and says, my life is not what it used to be. My life has been changed and and how I used to live, I no longer live. So that is evidence how God is real and that I am changed and I've had enough close with God because how I used to live, I no longer live. Especially when you experience salvation, and this is not to, to, to say it doesn't work the other way, but from this standpoint, when you experience salvation and you experience salvation without pain happening to come in your life, because they said that the way how most of us will change our actions is when we experience pain. A lot of us are still in still staying on stuck or in a situation because it hasn't become painful enough yet for you to change. So you're going to be there for a minute because we are our, our threshold of pain. Our tolerance of pain is high as humans. And so even though we experience a little bit of pain, we won't until we experience the one that begin to hurt. We won't change. We'll keep on doing things the same way. But if you can allow God to change you by you putting yourself in his hands without even at the experience pain, you're onto something. You're onto something. And so Moses had his up close divine encounter with God before God sent him to do something great. Little things. Calling Moses to do was to lead between two million and five million people out of slavery from the powerhouse nation of the world at that time. That's what God was calling Moses to do. He was calling Moses to tell a people that's been in slavery and bondage for a long time with the most powerful nation and ruler of the world at that time. He was sending Moses to go deliver them. But before he could send Moses to deliver them, he had to give Moses A little experience that's up close and personal. So for us to experience what God wants us to experience, for us to help footprints, for us to reach out to the lost and the hurting, the downtrodden, for us to reach the people that are homeless, for us to reach the people that that are addicted and and, and bound up, for us to reach them, we're going to have to have a real divine personal encounter with God ourselves, so we can realize who God is. So when we go, we go knowing that God can. When you know what God can do, then you go with a different attitude as opposed to going and being unsure. And many of us, because we have not had that little small encounter with the divine power of God, we don't go with confidence. We go kind of guessing. We got to experience salvation. That's a little thing. For those of you that are joining us via 
uh, online congregation, if you haven't been born again, y'all have heard me say this. If you haven't been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, if you have not been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking another tongue, I can come to where you are. I will baptize you in Jesus' name. I will lay hands on you and pray till the Holy Ghost fall and you talk in tongues. That will be your small experience. That will be the beginning of your beginnings for the way God wants to work in your life. But you have to take the step. Little things. Little things. You can't just be expecting for God to just do something, you know, great. Poof! And just do something in your life. Doesn't work that way. Moses realized that if he had not have had his personal experience with God at the burning bush, he would not have been convinced the Lord could deliver the children of Israel. So when God, when Moses began to, to say, they won't listen to me, he knew why he was saying they won't listen to me. Why did he say that? Because he knew he would not have listened because he needed something to convince him he's the man that can go and do what God wanted him to do. So Moses, Moses, you know, even though we said, Moses, stop arguing with God. Stop making excuses. What Moses was basically saying, there are people just like me. And I wasn't convinced until I saw the bush burning without being consumed. And I wasn't convinced until I saw my staff became a serpent. So they need a sign, Lord. <laughs> they need a sign. Moses answered and said, but behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice, for they will say, the Lord had not. <laughs> oh, man, that's what happened. God called you, and you said, ain't nobody coming to that church. <laughs> God called you to go pastor, and you're like, nobody coming there. Because <laughs> what can I do? <laughs> but if God called you, it's not about what you can do. It's what God will do. It's so hard for us to overcome unbelief. Church, there's a lot of us that are that are Christian that are still wrestling with unbelief. How difficult man finds it to trust God. You know what's interesting to me? It's easier for us to believe others than it is for us to believe God. We practice it all the time. We practice it all the time where we will... Let me mess with you. Forget about when establishment mandate that we wear masks. Forget about that part. But many of us are wearing masks because the people, the scientists, tells us that it helps. Yes or no? So we wear it because the scientists say that. The whole world wearing a mask. The whole world should be saved. Don't get me started, man. The whole world should be saved. We allow a pandemic to make us all conform to wearing masks. Because man said this is the best way. And trust me, I wear a mask. 
this is nothing against the mass. Brother D, I hope you all get it. It's not against the mass. I'm saying we are convinced that what man said about wearing the mask is important to keep us from Corona. But how many of us believe that when Jesus said we must be born again of the warden of the spirit that we shall be saved? How many of us believe that enough to go get born again? Let's go throughout the world now and ask who have been born again because Jesus says you must be born again. Where is the world being saved? Is everyone saving the world? But everyone is wearing masks in the world. We're quick to believe others. Before we believe God. That's a fact. That's a fact. I didn't give you anything that I've come up with in my mind. It's a fact. I'm looking over the world and we believe wearing the mask because we heard it. It might be true. But what I'm saying is we are doing it. Well, what about the word of God? Are we doing what the word says? Are we believing what God says? Are we doing what God has said in his word? Or we're backing off of that, but we're doing what man says. We don't have nothing to stand on when we stand before God if we don't do what he tells us. We will not have, a, we will not have nothing to stand on. Because we, we, we condemn ourselves all the time. We, we put ourselves in such bad spots. And we're guilty as charged. We will not have any excuse to give to God. God's going to tell you, because he does this, who made the minds of the scientists? Oh, my God. He's so, he better stop. He's going to say to you, who made the hands of the scientists? Who made the hands, the mind, the ways? Who gave the scientists the understanding? I, the Lord, gave them the understanding. I, the Lord, gave them the mind they have. I, the Lord, gave them the hands they use to come up with all that they come. I, the Lord, did that. And you would rather listen to them. Hallelujah. That's only one entity. Because I don't want to, I don't want us to be no rebellious person and talk about, I'm not doing this, I'm not doing that. That's just one thing. If you're not for that, but you're doing something else that man has said to you that you need to do, but you're not doing what God has said that you need to do. So this is not just on this particular subject. It's on everything in this life that we're doing more of what mankind has said to us than what God has said to us. And I've come to tell you this morning, it's time that we start doing what God says over what man says. Oh, church, help us. Church, we got to start doing what God says and not what man says. We should be hearing about revival all around the world where people are getting baptized all around the world. Why? Because God said it and God cannot lie and God is true and every man alive. We should hear of people being born again all around the world because they're wearing masks all around the world. Why are people being saved all around the world? Why aren't we taking God at his word, but we're quick to listen to someone else? We are quick to believe others, but slow to believe the almighty God. For even us, some of us that are Christians, we, we were slow in believing the almighty God. 
We were quick to believe everybody else. But we were slow to believe the almighty God. The one that gave us the mind that we have. The one that gave us the hands and the feet that we have. The one that gives us understanding. And we are slow to believe him. But we're quick to believe the ones that he creates. God help us this morning. God help us to see it differently. God help us to live this life differently. God help us to move about differently because, oh God, we've allowed our flesh in this world. We've allowed, almighty God, the things of society to be more important and influential in our life than the things of God. But I pray this morning, God, that you will help us to move into the realm of the spirit and move into the power of your might and trust you and believe you you and live for you Lord God and not have this world have its influence like it does on us oh God help us finally God said to Moses what's in your hand what's in thy hand and he said a rod listen to me (laughs) the rod That rod that was in Moses' hand, listen to me, church. (laughs) The rod which he had used to tender Jethro's sheep. That's where Moses got the rod from. Moses got the rod. It was this rod that he was using because his father-in-law, Moses, was was the one that was keeping the sheep for his father-in-law. And so he had his staff, if you want to call it that. And so the staff was the thing that Moses was using to lead sheep. It, It was the thing that he was using to guide the sheep and to make sure they didn't stray away. Moses was using this rod that nobody else would care about. Nobody else would even want. Nobody else would use because they weren't leading those flocks that Moses was leading. So Moses had the staff leading flock. The staff was meaningless to everybody but Moses. What's in your hand? The Lord asked him. And he says a rod. The rod with which he had tender Jethro's sheep was about to be used to deliver the Israelites, to chastise the land of Egypt, to move way through the deep, to ransom the Lord, to pass over, and to bring forth water from the flinty rock to refresh the Israelites' thirst. The rod that he had that was meaningless was getting ready to be used to chastise Israel. To lead Israel, to to chastise the Egyptian, and to lead Israel out of bondage. This was the rod that he would use to smite the rock for water to come out of it. God takes up little things, the weakest instruments, to accomplish his mightiest acts church, I don't know if you're getting this yet, but I want you to understand that God, he laughs at what man wisdom is. He laughs at our ideas. He laughs at what we think we are and who we think we are without him. Because what he does all the time is he used the weakest instruments. He used the littlest things to overcome everything else and to do what he wants to do. And we got to realize it doesn't matter how weak we are. It doesn't matter how little we are. But God will always take the littlest things. God will always take the weakest things. He doesn't need you to be strong.
strong. He doesn't need you to be all intellectual. He doesn't need you to be what you think you should be. God will take the weakest things. He will take the smallest things and do great things with them. Because that's how he does. And that's how he proves to man all the time that he's God Almighty. And besides him, there is none other. That's how he proves to man that there is no other God but Jesus. Because he takes the weakest things. He takes the littlest things. And he used them to do big things. Oh, but God, oh, God wants to show you what you can do in him if you will just trust him and submit to him. God is not looking for big things. God is not looking for strong things. So for you to get strong, God says, that's meaningless to me. For you to get brighter, God said, that's meaningless to me. For you to have all this ability and talent, God says, I don't need that because I gave it to you anyway. What I need from you is to obey me. What I need from you is for you to submit your life to me. What I need from you is for you to let me work in your life. That's what I need from you. I don't need you to be strong. I don't need you to be real smart. I don't need you to even be the best Bible scholar there is out there. I just need you to submit to me. I just need you to obey me. Whatever God uses, it will accomplish his appointed work. And oftentimes he chooses to use little things. God works miracles, and he often used little things. While we set our eyes on all these big things, oh, the Holy Ghost just told me. Oh, we like to say, I want to see the kingdom because the kingdom got to be vast. The kingdom got to be this great temple. The kingdom got to be this vast building where kings and prince and queens may live in. And God says, don't you look over there for the kingdom. Don't you look over there for the kingdom. I know you want the kingdom to come with observation, but I'm here to tell you the kingdom of God is within you. Because what God is trying to tell you, little things is what he's concerned about and when you give God the rule over your life that's where the kingdom is when God is ruling in your life that's where the kingdom is you're but nothing but just a little thing a lot of people might not care about you a lot of people might not think much about you but God thinks great about you. God thinks a whole lot about you because God is letting you know you you might not be much to everybody else. You might not have a whole lot of talent like some others. You might be weak and be lonely and you might not have any ability but I thrive in those kind of situations. That's what I'm all about. I take the weak and use them mightily. I take the little and make them much. But I, the Lord, can be the only one to do that oh my god Oh, my God, little things, church, little things, little things. Stop putting our eyes on the big things. Stop thinking that we need to see something big. God is calling us to go back to the basics and start with the little things. God is calling us to go back to the beginning and look at little things. Stop putting your eyes on the big things. Stop thinking you should do this and you should do that. But start thinking about the little things. 
God, you're my God, and I worship you. Oh, God, I give myself to you. I want your will to be done. God, whatever you command, I will do, Lord. Here I am, Lord God. I want to serve you in whatever capacity, Lord. I will start with the little things. Here I am, lowly and weak, Lord God. I have no ability except for what you give me. But, God, whatever you have afforded me, I will use for your glory. I will use to bring honor to you. I will use to bless your name because, Lord, you're so good. God, you're so good. 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 Oh, God. You might not have a rod in your hand today. You might not have a rod in your hand today like Moses. But guess what you have? You have you. You might not have a rod, a staff like Moses did, but what you have today is you. You might not have much to use, oh, but what you have is you. What you have is you. You may not be a whole lot to a whole lot of people, but you are a whole lot. You're enough to Jesus. You're enough to Jesus. You're enough to Jesus. You can be used mightily of God if you will just humble yourself and surrender to God. you got to start with the little things. Moses was concerned about his ability, but God, in essence, was saying, Moses, I don't care about your ability. I don't need your ability. You're just my front man. Feel bad for us preachers when we... Present ourselves to people like it's us that's doing anything. Oof. We we ain't doing squat. We're front men, front women. And the Lord do what he does and work how he works. And he's just using us as the face. We, he doesn't need our ability. Doesn't need our talent. And maybe some of us have not allowed God to use us because we don't want to give the credit to the Lord. We want the credit to be ours. God doesn't need exterior sources to work in our life, to do great things through us. God does not need exterior resource or sources. God is the source all by himself. God doesn't need anything added to him to help you. God is the source all by himself. Let me tell you something. The rod that Moses had, it symbolizes what God had said to Moses earlier. When Moses asked the Lord, who should I tell them sent me? He said, tell them I am that I am. God wanted Moses to know you don't have to have the name that I will give to you because the name won't do my name justice and so I can tell you Yahweh sent me sent you but I'm not going to tell you that you go tell them I am that I am sent you and so when God said that to Moses hear me God was saying I will be whatever I need to be to accomplish my will and so when he sent Moses to say tell them I am sent you he was telling Moses Moses whatever I need to be I will be that to accomplish my will That's why I am that I am, because I will be what I need to be 
It's amazing how God dropped that nugget on Moses. And then later on, Moses died and left off the scene, but we were still here. And now, guess what? We read in the word of God where Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the true vine. I am the alpha and omega. I am the bright and morning star. Oh, somebody hear me. What God is essence, in essence is saying, I will be what I need to be when I need to be it. So don't you worry about what you need because I am everything that you need. I am everything that you need. There is nothing that we need that God cannot be for us. Oh, somebody, you got to praise him up in here. You got to praise him up in here. You got to praise the Lord up in here. You got to realize you got to praise him. Whatever you need, God says, that's what I am. Whatever you need, God says, that's what I am. Whatever you need, God says, that's what I am. Listen, that's such a profound thing because it's one thing to say, God will give me this and God will give me that. God said, forget that. I am that. I am that. I am that. Don't you pray for this. And pray. Just say, God, give me you. God, give me you, because when I got you, I've got everything. When I got you, I've got everything. All I need is Jesus. Woo! All I need is Jesus. When I have Jesus, I have everything. When I have Jesus, I have everything. All I need is Jesus. Woo! Church, all I need, all you need is Jesus. I know we need money to buy this building. God, all I need is you. I know I want good health. I know I want to be protected. God, all I need is you. I know I want to sound mine. God, all I need is you. Because he is everything that you need. He is all that you need. He is all that you need. He will be whatsoever you need him to be. Jesus is all you need. Jesus is all you need. You don't have to pray for things. Just pray that you have God. Just pray that you have God. Just pray and submit your life to him. Let him be the authority and the rule over your life because all you need is Jesus because he's everything. He's the bread of life. He's the roar, the rose of Sharon. He is the bright and morning star. He is the wheel in the middle of the wheel. He is the first and the last. He is the one which is, which was, which is to come. He is the only wise God. He is the true and living God. All you need is Jesus. He is the bread of life. He is the bright and morning star. All you need is Jesus. 
Church, I'm hearing something from the Lord. I'm hearing you need to go ahead and praise Him. You need to go ahead and give yourself to Him because He will take care of you. He will supply your need. He will work in your life. He will do what you need. Just give yourself to Jesus. Just give yourself to Him. Surrender to God. <laughs> Oh, let God have his way. Let God have his way. Let God have his way. Oh, you need a Jesus. Oh, you need a Jesus. He will help you. He will be what you need him to be. Oh, Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, glory be to God, glory be to God. Oh, glory, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, Lord, have your way in our life, almighty God. You rule and reign in our life, Lord God. We want your will to be done in our life, oh God. Oh, hallelujah. Come on and praise the Lord. He is all that you need. He is everything you need. Jesus is everything that you need. If you would give him your heart, if you would give him your mind, if you would give him all your soul, Jesus is all you need. Jesus is all you need. Jesus is all you need. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. Oh, God, you're everything we need. I am that I am. I am that I am. I am that I am. He will be whatever you need him to be. (laughs) He will be your physician when you need him. He will be your lawyer when you need him. He will be your doctor when you need him. Jesus will be your protector when you need him. He will be the supplier of all you need. Oh God, have your way today, Lord. Have your way today, Lord. Somebody need to worship the Lord and thank him today. Somebody need to bless the name of Jesus because God has let us know that he's all that we need. He's all that we need. Church, when you do the little things, it might not seem like much, but that's what puts you in the place where God can work in your life, where God can do all that needs to be done in you. All you got to do is the little things, little things like worship, little things like praise, little things like give thanks, little things like reading the word of God and meditating on the word of God, little things like prayer, little things like just giving yourself to him to let him have his way in your life. 
church, we need to start with the little things. God is not calling us to do big things. He just wants us to do the little things. He does the big things. All we got to do is give ourselves to him. And that's the little thing. When we submit our life to him, when we cast our care upon him and say, God, I want you to have me, Lord. He said, just do the little things. You're not capable of doing the big things, but if you will do the little things, if you will pray and seek my face, if you will fall upon your face and cry out to me, if you will begin to seek me, oh, those are the little things. If you will study my word and meditate on my word, those are the little things. If you will worship me and praise me, those are the little things. Church, there are people that are locked up in sins. There are people that are bound up and can't be free. God said, if you will do the little things, I'm going to use you. I'm going to send you to be my front man. I'm going to send you to be my front woman. That when they get free, that when they get delivered, that when they get healed, you will be my front man. You will know I did the big things, but you will be my front man or my front woman as I do what I do. Just do the little things. Just give yourself to me. Just submit yourself to me. Just surrender yourself to me. Oh, do the little things. Church, the little things. I want you to take this as we close here. The little things. Can I tell you how little this is? God shared with me in prayer yesterday. Here is the little thing I want you to focus on moving forward tomorrow and for the rest of your week and throughout the rest of the year and into the next year. Here's the little thing I want you to focus on. Read your Bible Study your Bible and then meditate. You hear me? Don't just read it because you're going through your procedure, because you're going through what you would call your chore. Don't do it because that's what you're supposed to do. But pull the scriptures out and put it in front of you and begin to read it. If you got to read it out loud, read it out loud. And when you're done reading it, see if you can dig into it and understand more about it. And then you stop and meditate. Say, God, I want to hear from you. God, I want to understand your word more than I've understood it. God, will you help me to see deeper into your word? Will you help me to understand your word? I want you to get into the word of God, read it, and begin to study it, and then meditate. I swear to you, I am not telling you a lie, but I heard from the Holy Ghost that if we will meditate, if we will meditate on God, and we will meditate on his word, and we will seek him, no, we are not doing it because uh, we are supposed to do it. We want to stay there and don't even put any time limit on it. Just get up early enough that you can have the time to give to Jesus. Don't you worry about how the rest of your day is going to go because if you don't give the time you need to give to Jesus in the morning, the rest of your day will not go well. Read the word. Study the word. Meditate on the word. And pray and ask God to have his way. Let's stand. Little things. We're not supposed to be worrying about big things. We're not supposed to be worried about big things. Little things. Little things is how we get to the big things. 
Little things is what make up big things. If you look at a picture and you this picture we're looking at, oh, it looks so beautiful. And I love the picture. But you know what? There's a lot of little particles that have made up that big picture. And God is trying to get us to understand, don't you focus on the big things. Just start with the little necessity things that you're supposed to do. And it starts with reading the word of God, meditating on God, studying his word, meditating on God, praying and giving yourself to him. If you will start with that little thing, God will do the big things. Father, we love you. We thank you today for your word. We thank you for whatever you have done in this place today. For, Lord, you have been with us from the very start of our service this morning, O God. And, Lord, you have been with us and you're still with us. Now, Lord, we pray that the words that have been spoken into our hearing today will take root into our heart and begin to grow and produce good fruit. For, Lord Jesus, we have heard the word. Now, Lord God, we need to apply the word of God in our life. And, Lord, we need your help, Lord Jesus. We need your help to wake up in the morning. We need your help, Lord God, to reveal the mysteries of the scriptures. We need your help in understanding the depth of the scriptures, Lord. For we will meditate on you, Lord God. We will cast our cares upon you and put all of our thoughts in you, Lord God. For, Lord, we will begin with the little things. We will not concern ourselves anymore with the big things, Lord God. But we will be focused on the little things. Hey, my God, we will put our focus on you, Lord Jesus. Oh, God, and if we can put our focus on you, we know, oh, God, you're able. We're, we know that you're able to do exceeding and abundant. You are the one who does the big things, and we are the ones who does the little things. And so, God, I pray today that you have your way in us, Lord, that your spirit will rule and reign. God, will you move on us, Lord God, in a special way today. Oh, God, I pray your anointing and your power will be upon us, Lord God. In the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, give this man of God strength and revelation and understanding, Lord God. I pray that the word of God, the spirit of God will consume him, Lord God. And that, Lord, you will do a new work in him because of the little things that he will do, Lord God. In the name of Jesus Christ, have your way in his life, Lord God. Somebody, let's let, let's lift our hands before the Lord and surrender to him today. Let, let's lift our hands today and commit to do the little things. Lord, we commit to do the little things. We surrender our life and say we will do the little things. We don't have to go around doing anything major because you got it all under control. <laughs> yes, Lord, you've got it all under control. Help us to do the little things, the necessary things, the things that you've called us to do. Father, I pray that you will grab a hold of us and, Lord God, do in us what only you can do. 
God, whatever you're doing in this church, oh God, let your will be done. Let your kingdom come. Whatever you're doing in this church, Lord God, I pray that the power of God will rule and reign. Whatever you're doing in this church, Lord God, oh, Father, I pray that the saints of God will get in alignment and take a hold of what you're doing in this church, Lord God. I pray that there will be a desperate spirit that will come upon every one of us, that we will become desperate enough to want to serve you, desperate enough to want to please you, desperate enough to want to do the little things that you command us to do. I pray, Lord God, that whatever you're doing in this church, Lord, oh, God, we will grab a hold of it and let you do what you want to do. Oh God, we bless your name. We bless your name. We praise your name. You alone are worthy of the praises and the honors. Oh, hallelujah. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Sister Cole is leaving us to go back to Jamaica on Thursday. Sister Cole, I want you to come and I want you to testify before the Lord before you leave us. We're going to miss you and we're so, so thankful that God sent you to us. You've been a blessing to us as individuals and you have been a blessing to this church. And so we thank God for you. We don't want to let you go, but we know that God has assignments for you, and God didn't bring you here forever, but he brought you to us for this time, and now he wants to do what he wants to do in you as he takes you back to the harvest field that he has placed you in. So I want you to testify to the church today. Praise the Lord, everybody. Can we just lift our hands and say, give the Lord thanks. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Great is your faithfulness towards us, Lord. We honor you. We thank you. We love you. We glorify your matchless name today, God. You have been such a good God. Hallelujah. 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 Your name is worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. I want to express my thanks to the Church of the Living God, in particular to our pastor and his family, inclusive of Sister Patrice and other persons publicly saying thank you for accepting me, for having me, for caring for me, for loving me, for doing whatever the Lord had placed in our heart to be done. I want to say a big thank you. Life is like a mountain railroad. There are many struggles and ditches. But he is in full charge. And he knew even before I was born that I would be here today. And he also knew the circumstance, of course, of which I would have gone through. It has been a journey. Hallelujah. But I am not regretting one moment. 
because I trust in a God who I know can. And there is no impossibility with him. It may seem sometimes like, oh, we are not going to get through. But aggressive faith, as Pastor rightly said this morning, when we become desperate, that spot, that place of desperation, when you reach to that place and you can't help but cry out to your God, for he is all that we need, as the word said today. We cannot survive outside of his habitation. Hallelujah. And therefore, he has placed a mark upon every one of us. And our times are in his hand. And I want to say thanks to him again for caring for me. For allowing me to be standing here today. Many have gone through even less than what I went through. And they are not. But today, I want to publicly say that God has been a good God. And I want to also say from the bottom of my heart, with deep love and gratitude, I want to say a big thank you to the Wyatt's family. God knew it. That's why he orchestrated it to be so. And Sister Nikki, I, I cannot pay you. Sister Sylvia, I cannot pay you. Pastor, I cannot pay you. Patrice, neither. Sister Scarlett, I cannot pay you all. But for those of you who have given me words of encouragement, for those of you who shook my hand, squeezed that love, for those of you who have embraced me through my moments, for those of you who have shared your love in whatever way you did and given me that support, I want to say a big public thank you. And may the blessings of the Lord continue to be restored or bestowed upon you today. May the peace that passeth all understanding continue to be in your hearts. Christ-centered church will never be forgotten. I will continue to share the love and to establish this place. I remember first meeting pastor back then in the other church for the first time. I remember it was an evening of rehearsal. And then I learned that he was going to start a church. And I said from the very beginning, God is going to make you a bishop. And I knew it wasn't just word of mouth. But God has bestowed a blessing upon this young man. And I pray that God will continue to establish him. I pray that the blessings of the Lord will continue to be bestowed upon his ministry. And as he go forward in ministry, being a sole winner, along with the committee members and all the members here who are working together, I pray that God will continue to establish this church. Because when you think about life in its reality, only what you do for Christ will last. 
only what we do for Christ. We carry nothing into the world. And nothing we are going to take out. When I look at Pops the other day laying that casket. Nothing was in his hand. Amen. The Lord gives and the Lord takes. So let us be prepared for that moment. To my grandson who is always my bucket. <laughs> He's always saying, Grandma, so and so and so. God, I know that God, from he was born, is a blessing. God is going to be so special blessing upon him. And to every one of you, so young Wyatt, Jordan, and, and Peyton, <laughs> oh, I know that God is going to raise them up to continue in this ministry. Sister Nicole, I love you. God bless you. And to Mother Helen, Sister Thomas, and everybody, God bless you. God bless you. Love you. Continue to be who God wants you to be. And you will hear from me. I will be back shortly because I have to come back. <laughs> Amen. But if I don't go, I can't come. God bless you. Thank you for loving me. Be strong in the Lord. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I thought it would be fit for her to let you know what she thought about you and just um, let you know she's um, taking her trip back home and she'll be back. Amen. Father, we thank you for this day that as we go, bless us and keep us. Let your hand be upon all of us and we pray your favor will be with us. We put ourselves into your hands and we say, have your way and do what you will. We pray for your provision and we pray, almighty God, that your will will be done. Bless us today as we go our separate ways. We pray your will to be done. We thank you today for all you have done. We praise and honor you for all these things we pray in Jesus' name. God bless you, church. I love you. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you. Get a cupcake. We are, we're celebrating the birthdays from October through December. Free cupcake. Don't forget we still have patties on sale for the building fund. Have a great rest of your day. <laughs>